The show you love with even more local, local news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And good afternoon to you on this beautiful Friday afternoon in California Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation as we head into the Memorial Day weekend here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So much for thinking, oh, this will be a kickback Friday. We'll ease into the holiday weekend. A lot, a lot swirling around in terms of news today. And, of course, Friday is What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show. There are things that, topics that you uh, <clears throat> would like to bring up that we haven't addressed earlier in the week, Friday's the day, or if there are issues that uh, we talked about that you have not been able to do uh, weigh in on we offer you that opportunity as well we'll open the phones in a couple of moments before we do that this just in uh, this is very very interesting apparently the democratic caucus uh, in up in sacramento is removing uh the uh, existing uh, speaker of the assembly That's right. Assemblymember Robert Rivas, Democrat from Salinas, announced today that he has uh, gathered enough votes from members of the Democratic caucus to become the next speaker of the California Assembly. That's very interesting. He uh, his coalition, he says, represents a diverse group of members, including the leadership of the. Uh, Latino, API, LGBTQ, women's, Jewish, and progressive caucuses, as well as significant support from members of the Black Caucus. <clears throat> so he apparently has already met with Speaker, existing Speaker Anthony Rendon in order to secure a smooth transition. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering why. And apparently uh, the Democratic caucus is not giving out much information other than to say that uh, a series of uh, uh, things or considerations have led them to replace the existing Speaker of the Assembly, Anthony Rendon. Again, uh, the person that will be replacing him up in Sacramento in the, in the uh, Assembly is Robert Rivas. Democrat from uh, Salinas. His, uh, let's see, what does his um, area cover? Uh, represents San Benito County, parts of Monterey, Santa Clara, Santa Cruz counties in, uh, in that area. So uh, there we go. Very interesting. I wonder why. I wonder why. Is it is it a struggle between moderates and progressives in the Democratic Party up in Sacramento. Very, very interesting. Anyway, we'll we'll keep our eye on that, but that news breaking just before we went on the air today. And, of course, uh, the eyes of the nation still remain upon <coughs> Uvalde, Texas. Mayor of Uvalde, Don McLaughlin, uh, 
talking to the press. Of course, he, uh, like many people in his area, are just distraught over what has happened there. He talked about the need for resources to address what I would say are the human root causes of mass shootings. And he made this interesting observation about federal financial priorities. We give billions of dollars away to countries that don't even like us. We ought to be taking that money and investing in our own country. And uh, so again, that's Don McLaughlin, mayor of Uvalde, Texas. Uh, This morning there was a press conference there, and the more details that um, come out, uh, the more angst I think people are going to have. Uh, Representative, the director, in fact, Steve McCraw, director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, said uh, the wrong decision was made, period, not to breach the classroom sooner. He said, obviously, based on the information we have, there were children in that classroom that were still at risk. The issue being that law enforcement apparently was approaching it as a hostage situation instead of an active shooter uh, situation. So in uh, just a few moments, Retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski will be joining us to give his perspective on that. Before we go to Bob, let's go to the phones very quickly. 209-551-3483. Debbie from Stanislaus. What's on your mind today, Debbie? Hi, Mike. I'm sad to tell you, and I'm going to repeat it. I called your station when you weren't even taking messages. And I called you while I was watching my television and watched what happened before the children were even shot. And I said, there's going to be a shooting in Texas. I knew ahead of time, and I'm no genius, that the police handled it so blatantly, so horrible. It was unbelievable. And I'm sorry, to be a police officer, it takes a lot of training, dedication. They give up their lives. They give up their families. They give up everything. But this was a terrible atrocity. And if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes from the very minute it started, I wouldn't be saying any of this. But this has got to be fully investigated because that teacher, her husband, and those children died for nothing. They should have gone in there immediately. And it's really sad because these are beautiful people that gave their lives every day of their lives. That's what police officers do, men and women. But yesterday was an atrocity, and we have to do something about it. I'm not looking for anybody for retribution. I'm not looking for punishment. I'm looking to fix what's broken. And God bless America, and we better get busy. This is just the beginning of what we've got to fix. Mike, thank you so much for having your program. Oh, God bless you. I hope you can even get an extra hour in coming up. (laughs) We need more time. We need more than two hours. Well, I'm going to let you go now. Go to the next De- caller, okay? Debbie, thank you so much for your call. And I think uh, a lot of the nation uh, is is aligning with you in the perspective that it sounds like, as details are coming out, that this uh, situation was most probably grossly mishandled and uh, resulted in the deaths of a lot of people that uh, could have been prevented We'll find out, though. Uh, Again, we'll go to the phones very quickly uh, to Mike in Manteca. Mike, it's What's on Your Mind Friday. What's on your mind today? Hi, Mike. Yeah, I called in the other day after I had listened to uh, President Biden give his uh, 
addressed to the nation after the shooting in Texas. And, uh, and I, at that time, I calmed down a little bit. But at that time, I thought it was disgusting and repulsive as a, uh, a self-proclaimed uh, uh, Catholic how he used the Lord's name in vain so many times. And I just, I, I had to turn it off. And I was just thinking about that and how how disgusting that display of uh, uh, how, how just that speech was just so horrible. It's almost as if if he'd have replaced uh, God in that speech with the F word, it probably would have came out as an angry person who wants to do something done. But because he used God and for God's sake, so many times in that speech, it, I, I just found it offensive and repulsive. And that was the first comment that I had. Then the second comment is everybody, every politician is now chomping at the bit, so to speak, to change the laws with regards to what they claim are assault rights. And, and I was just thinking about it in a more positive manner is that they're saying, well, an 18-year-old shouldn't get a gun, right? They shouldn't be allowed to buy that, to purchase that type of semi-automatic weapon that can do that much damage in a short period of time. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, except that the fact that if, if an 18-year-old can go to war, then why can't he buy a rifle like that? Now, and then in thinking about that, I was also thinking, well, he, he can buy a rifle like that, if he joined the military, they would train him how to how to use right. a rifle like that and what its purpose is. So my thinking was, well, if if you're if you're an 18 year old and you're going to purchase purchase a weapon of that sort, then maybe you have to go through a training course that takes several uh, written tests. Uh, then you have to describe what purpose you want to have it, even if it's just for target practice or you're fascinated by it and you want to learn about it. Because then if you have to pass some kind of course, that might be an opportunity to vet looking to get weapons to do harm. You know, you may want to see that. So I'm sure we have a lot of people that are well, well versed in what those weapons are used for, how to use them properly, how to use them safely. You have to do it when you get a driver's license. So why not if you're between the ages of 18 and 21 and you want to purchase a weapon like that? You have to go through a certified training course for it. That was just a thought that I had on that. Yeah, good good thoughts, Mike. Thank you so much for weighing in. And uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people are thinking along your lines uh, that some kind of training might be appropriate. We need to explore that vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Second Amendment, what the spirit of it is. Uh, but it, again, what I like about all of your thinking, Mike, is what's lacking in, in the thinking of most politicians right now. And that is you're dealing with the individual. You're not making the gun an, an animate object that seems to have a mind of its own. You're dealing with the people behind the gun or behind the weapon, and that's what we need to do, deal with the uh, the root issue. So, Mike, thanks for your call. This is What's on Your Mind Friday. In just uh, about three or four minutes, we'll be talking to uh, retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinski about uh, what's happened in Texas, get his take on that, and your phone calls before we uh, do that, just a reminder, home prices are going up, inventory's low, interest rate 
hikes mean price fluctuations. So telling selling your home right now with an aggressive, experienced agent is the right move to maximize your equity. And are you worried about costly repairs or upgrades needed to sell your home? I, I would worry about that selling my home. Well, if you are, call the agent I trust and recommend. His name is Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick... Your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. In fact, Keith and Tanya in Oakdale tell us uh, the mental and physical toll of a long commute was killing them. They said it was time to sell, move closer no matter what. They didn't think they had enough equity to afford a home closer to work. But Dan heard their story and immediately set some high expectations. And he wound up selling their home for thousands more than even his high expectation initial price. Keith and Tanya... Now in a brand new home, much closer to work, thanks to Dan. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S, Dot com. Retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinski on the line with us in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday, 209 551 348 Three. Let's go to the phones. And uh, joining us right now is retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinski. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure to have you on. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Well, Bob, I imagine you have some perspectives, uh, some thoughts that have been going through your mind, given your, ex- given your experience with the FBI. Give us uh, your, your broad-based 32,000-foot uh, perspective on what happened in Uvalde, uh, Texas, based upon your experience? Well, obviously, it, and as, as it's coming out more and more that the wrong decision was made, and that was a, a sad decision of not going in sooner. Um, being a former SWAT member with the FBI, um, I know we're trained to do things and and to uh, respond uh, quickly to things and, and make that decision to go in or not to go in and and um, but unfortunately, this decision was uh, uh, didn't go well. But the point is, is what do we do now? I mean, we're going to investigate it. We're going to find out what wrong and why they didn't go in. But what are we going to do now to protect our children in our schools? And uh, my one thought is, based on experience when I was on SWAT, we used a number of techniques that the Israelis used when they were dealing with. Uh, captured uh, people in, in buses or in hijackings, they always seem to have a unique style in uh, going in places, uh, getting the hostages and stuff like that, and also in protecting facilities. Uh, you know, over the past 48 years, there's only been six, ser- six terrorist attacks on Israeli schools. It's because they have a multi-layer 
of security. And they have cameras all over the facility, not just the front door, not just the back door, but all over. They have metal detectors. They have uh, volunteers, uh, civilian volunteers, that are trained by the Israeli forces in order to provide security for uh, the schools. So they've taken a very large and expensive attempt to protect their schools, and they're putting their money where their mouth is because their children is their precious commodity. Mm. And so, like I said, when I was with the FBI as a SWAT team member, we used a lot of their techniques, and they were very, very good. I, I think my, my impression is, uh, Bob, that training and advanced strategies being in place, ad, advanced collaboration was uh, was not present. Bob, let's go to the phones uh, real quickly. Dennis from LaGrange, uh, you're on with retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinski and Mike here. What's on your mind, Dennis? Um, I think that... Uh the American people know less and less all the time, but they certainly know how to criticize others. Um, I think there's been like the cultural degradation that's been going on for uh, all of my life. Um, since the fifties, I remember there has been less and less respect for police officers and, uh, it has not done anything, but it works. What I would say as a summation of it basically is, as you sow, so shall you reap. And you have Dennis, I, I think we got the sum and substance of it. Your your cell phone is is going the way of the buffalo there for some reason. Or maybe a cattle driver, but we got the sum and substance of it, uh, Bob. We got about a, a minute before we uh, take a short time out. What are your thoughts regarding uh, Dennis's uh, thesis there that maybe we're reaping what we're sowing? Well, I think you're exactly. I think he's exactly right. Uh, back in the seventies and eighties, um, there was respect for law enforcement. Um, people. Uh, appreciated uh, law enforcement that were there. And um, I think it goes back to when you take the uh, prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance out of the schools, you're going to go downhill. And and experiencing that, there's no respect for our teachers. There's no respect for law enforcement. There's no respect for the the elderly people in general. And um, uh, I'm afraid it's not going to get any better until we start enforcing the laws. We already have. Absolutely. On the line with us, retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinski. We'll continue the conversation with Bob and your comments as well. 209-551-3483. Bob and I will be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. As we are at the end of the week, headed into the holiday weekend, 
And it is What's on Your Mind Friday. Just a quick note here from the Stanislaus Community Foundation. Good folks there, very solid uh, nonprofit organization there with Marion Cannon and, and her crew. Uh, they're letting us know that their colleagues at the San Antonio Area Foundation have set up two funds, one which provides direct financial assistance to the families who lost their children and to those of the school uh, who are affected by this tragedy. Then there's a second fund that has been created to provide emergency relief to local nonprofits in the Uvalde, San Antonio area. That'll provide long-term assistance, including mental health services in the community. If you're interested, and again, uh, I know the folks there at the Stanislaus Community Foundation, very reputable. You can bank on it. This is good information if you're interested in donating funds where the funds will be used wisely. If you'd like the website of where to go to donate funds, I'm not going to give it over the air. It would take too much time, but email me at mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to send you the website uh, to support either the direct financial assistance to families or uh, the second fund to provide emergency relief to local nonprofits. On the line with us, our guest right now, Bob DeKlinski, retired FBI. And Bob, thank you so much for sharing some time with us today. We were talking about uh, training, and I was thinking, uh, Bob, of expectations in, in terms of how can we expect any response unit to respond well if they haven't received the training that they need? And I'm not an expert. My sense is that there was a lack of strategic training perhaps here. And I like what you talked about earlier. We can identify what the problems are now, but where do we go from here? Let's talk a little bit about what you see in terms of needed training. You mentioned uh, some uh, Israeli tactics uh, earlier. Let's unpack that a little bit more. Yes. Um, in anything like you, you can have a team that's uh, ready to respond, but um, you may have to practice in the facility uh, of, a, of the like kind in order to know the rooms, the doors, the mm-hmm. outside perimeters, and everything like that. You know, and, and each team can uh, go to a school on a weekend and just walk through it so that the teams that are responding may have an idea what they're looking at, where the hotspots are. Uh, where cameras should be, and give the school abilities to understand uh, where their weaknesses are. And uh, But the main thing is uh, it's like the firefighters. They have a, a strike team uh, that may be in Los Angeles, and there's a fireman that's, you know, that team is in the fire trucks and trained and ready to go to get to that hotspot. So uh, in situations like that, the multi-agencies need to coordinate together for all the schools in their district to be able to respond to them. And then, unfortunately, you need the commander on the scene to make the right decisions. Well, I think that I think that's key, and you need an organization with the knowledge and the experience in order to provide that training. And I think something you mentioned a, a moment ago is, is so important, Bob, and that is consistent, train, consistent training. You can't do it just once 
and leave it go. Uh, it, it requires consistent because we respond the way we train, right? Uh, we, we, it's almost like muscle memory, right? We, if, if we're trained properly, like an athlete coming out of the blocks on a sprint, he or she doesn't need to think about how to get out of the blocks. They've rehearsed that time and time again. Uh, just interested from your perspective, much is being made right now, Bob, about uh, the difference between handling a hostage situation and an active shooter situation. Do you have any insights into those uh, differences from your experience, your perspective? Well, it's, um, it's it can be very uh, difficult at times if, if you're not coordinated together with the hostage uh, court, no, uh, team as well as the, the SWAT team. And and with the FBI, we, we did that. When, whenever we did uh, an exercise, we included our, our hostage negotiators so that we can understand what they're doing and what they expect of us. Uh, the agencies might be doing that already. Uh, for an example, uh, we had a hijacking in San Francisco, a, a hijacking attempt. And uh, the gentleman got on board, and he had an axe, and he was holding the pilot hostage. Well, the SWAT team and everybody went out together, and um, the negotiator was able to bring it to a peaceful conclusion. But we worked in tandem together, and that's so important that uh, uh, we can anticipate what the negotiator is going to say, and they know what we're going to do, and that we don't make a move unless he gives us the okay. Yeah, Bob, you mentioned earlier uh, the mutualist aid system, especially uh, in in terms of fire and rescue, which is a highly, highly tuned system that's been around for many, many decades. And one of the important things there is the collaboration. Uh, The relationships are already built. There's a standard for a response and the expectations. And I think that all uh, that all plays into it in terms of doing the the, the real training and the real preparedness ahead of time so that it's as smooth. And I don't think anything ever goes perfectly, right, Bob, <laughs> when something like this goes down. But it can, <laughs> right? It can be strategically as good as it can be. Bob, we're going to go back to the phones, our telephone number here on What's on Your sure. Mind Friday, area code 209 551 Three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Let's go to Eden in Modesto. Eden, you're on with uh, Bob Deklinski and Mike Douglas. Hello, uh, brother Mike, brother uh, Bob. How are you today? I'm calling from Modesto. I'm doing good. I follow your, I follow your program, and I am the best friend of George Lazar. I think you know him. He's assistant of the FBI agency, FBI intelligence agency uh he lived in turlock i live in modesto but my question mm-hmm. is uh, during the day i have too many uh, time which is 11:33. the suspect he was in the facility in the school 11:35. the police three uh, officer they are inside the within two minutes and they receive too many call from the uh uh, class 111 and 112, and then 1215, uh, the SWAT team, they are inside the facility also, but they didn't get the permission to go in till the suspect kill everybody there and the two teachers, and then till 1250, they get the permission to go in and kill the suspect. 
But I am surprised mm-hmm. also because when the suspect inside the facility, one uh, door of the uh, class two, 112, it was open. It was unlocked. That means there is something said in state of Texas because it is red state. And uh, today there is the convention of the NRP, NRA, and uh, Donald Trump, he will be there. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's messed up, everything. It's, it doesn't happen in back home in Iraq because I am Christian Iraq. Nobody tried to kill some student in grade four in our, and there's mm-hmm. no security, mm-hmm. no nothing there, no nothing there. And thank yeah. you very much. Thank you, Eden. Okay. I can under, I, I follow what you're saying, and and that's the thing is that uh, they had some type of security in place, but obviously it wasn't carried out, and uh, that's another review they're going to have to make. But it's a sad review, and uh, whatever they they find out, they're going to have to triple it, double it, and uh, put layers of security on all our schools. Uh, but you're right. Uh, like I said, in Israel, in the past 43 years. Uh, there's been only seven attacks uh, on schools, and uh, it's because they have layer, layer upon security. Bob Deklinski, our guest, retired FBI agent. Uh, Bob, before we let you go, any uh, any final thoughts regarding this and uh, what, what we might want to uh, encourage uh, local law enforcement and our local leaders? What, what should we be saying to them? What should we bring to them in the aftermath of, of this tragedy in Texas? Well, um, I'm sure after what they find out what happened, um, with uh, the people and the, and the incident in Texas. Uh, the law enforcement agencies locally here are probably going to evaluate it and see, okay, what went wrong? What can we do? How can we avoid the, uh, the situation happening here locally? And uh, working with the schools to see if we can put another layer of security on there. It's, uh, it, no money is, uh, can be spent enough to uh, protect our children. And uh, we spend money in uh, Ukraine and uh, we spend money at the border and everything, but this is where we need to really focus is on our schools. Bob Deklinski, retired FBI agent. Bob, thanks so much for visiting with us today, sharing your experience and your perspectives. Really appreciate that, and, and have a wonderful and safe holiday weekend. Okay, you too and your listeners. All right. Thank you, Bob Deklinski. Uh, at Eden, a couple of moments ago, our caller mentioned that the NRA – uh, convention is uh, or an NRA convention is going on in Houston, Texas right now. And uh, several uh, political leaders have pulled out. Donald Trump, uh, former President Donald Trump, says, I'll be there if he isn't already to uh, speak at the convention. Uh, what do you think about that? Should Donald Trump have second thoughts about that? Or do you think? Uh, yeah, that he ought to go ahead and speak, given what's happened in Texas this past week. It's What's on Your Mind Friday. We'll find out in three minutes at 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. 
The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. We take these calls on Friday. If uh, Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the calls focused in, uh, in the lane of the topics that we're talking about. On What's On Your Mind Friday, we open it up. If there's a topic we haven't discussed this past week that you'd like to bring up, Friday's the day. Or if uh, we've talked about a subject that you have not been able to uh, sound off on yet, why, now's your opportunity. Again, our privilege to provide this live and local forum for you Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. So Donald Trump apparently uh, scheduled, if he hasn't already, to appear at the uh, NRA convention. I'm not sure of the schedule or the timing there, but the NRA convention taking place in Houston, Texas. And, uh, of course, the the timing probably not optimal, or maybe it is. Maybe it is optimal for the NRA. And maybe this is an opportunity to bring some sense to the whole discussion of guns and, and weapons in the United States of America. Maybe it's a golden opportunity. So, uh, Donald Trump scheduled to appear. Do you think that's a, a good move for him to go ahead and, uh, and appear? Or do you think maybe he shouldn't on What's On Your Mind Friday? 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. While we're thinking about that, you know, one of the downs, uh, one of the dastardly things about the wake of uh, incidents like this is there are always idiots who, if not try to do a copycat thing, uh, at least pretend to. Now, here's two ridiculous news items. This is Rosemead, California. That's uh, down east of uh, Los Angeles. Apparently, a student in Texas is under arrest after making an online threat from Texas to a high school in, uh, in Rosemead, California. Now, the kid apparently lives in Raymondville, Texas. Not sure where that is, but sheriff's investigators, uh, along with the LAPD and the FBI, found out that's where he was from. And apparently he made a threat against Rosemead High School. Is, is there a better word than idiot to describe this guy? Unbelievable. Uh, on Facebook, police say the juvenile who posted the threat has been arrested for making a terrorist threat. What possibly, what young man of integrity would do that? And now here's another. This is closer to home. Closer to home. A teenager in Tracy, California, not too far away from us. Uh, Within our signal here, an investigation continues after a teenager made threats to start a school shooting. It says Tracy police received a tip from the FBI yesterday morning after about uh, 3.30 a.m. about a social media post they became aware of. Police say there was a picture of a specific school and a harmful threat was expressed. So officers went to the student's home in Tracy 
And, and the report here says found a realistic looking BB gun on him. I don't know what they mean by that. If it's a BB gun, then obviously it's realistic. Not that I'm, I'm wondering if they mean that it, it was realistic looking in terms of looking like a, uh, a regular, uh, gun. Anyway, there was a BB gun on and the teen said he had no intention of starting any act of violence. However, he was arrested for making criminal threats against the school. I can you imagine being the parent or or the guardian of uh, a kid like that? Unreal, unreal. And then Dateline Riverbank, California, right next door here, practically. Uh, apparently, a dispute started uh, at the bar of Applebee's restaurant, a restaurant in Riverbank Thursday night, last night. It ended in a deadly shooting in the parking lot, according to the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department. Shooting occurred around 9.45 p.m. last night. And this is, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's at the Crossroads Shopping Center. Uh, apparently people were attending, uh, were in Applebee's there and they had just attended a high school graduation ceremony and, uh, authorities say the victim and the suspect began arguing inside the bar. Apparently that spilled out into the parking lot and, uh, the suspect is Jonathan Alexander Ray, 28 years old, accused of shooting 40 year old Riverbank resident Salvador Ramos multiple times. Ramos was taken uh, to a local hospital by an ambulance, underwent surgery, but uh, died later, later due to his injuries. You would think, after all that happened in Texas this past week, that people would have more sense, don't you? What, and, and this comes back to a call that, that we got a little bit earlier today about the loss of integrity, the loss of rational thinking, the loss of morals, the loss of ethics in our country. We, we are. We, we, we have lost all of that. And my thesis on that is, and I know, oh, Mike, you're coming at it from a pastor's perspective. You're darn right I am. I'm coming at it from a pastor's perspective that a lot of evil is being let loose because in general, we as a culture have tried to force God, at least Judeo-Christian principles, out of our country, uh, a culture. We made it bad. We, we've made any mention of God bad. We've made that a violation of uh, the uh, First Amendment. Uh, we've made it a violation of the fabricated separation of church and state. And we won't go into detail about what that really meant regarding the Danbury Church and, and such, the Danbury Church. But uh, the, the problem that I see is that we have cultural, ethical, and uh, moral rot in this nation, and that begins at the home. That be, uh, What about these two teenagers that were calling in or at least posting social media threats? 
What what is what are they thinking? Well, if they're thinking, if they have an ounce of moral and and ethical training, and I understand kids can go sideways, sideways. I understand that, but in general, our culture, in its pursuit of eliminating God, has eliminated the ethics and the morality that helped build this nation, and we are, I think, in many ways, experiencing what we've sown. We are reaping what we've sown as a culture. You say, okay, Mike, what do we do? Wring our hands and keep complaining? No, we stand up for what's true. Little things like when we're confronted with, oh, this man is uh, identifying as a woman and his uh, her pronouns are now her, they, and them. No, I'm sorry. There are men, there are women, and you're a he. You want to be something else? That's up to me. That's up to you. But to me, I know what's true. And we need to stand on what's true. We'll talk about more of what's true in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this beautiful Friday afternoon in California's Central Valley. What a week it has been, has it not? This is What's on Your Mind Friday, your opportunity if you'd like to bring up a topic we haven't discussed this week, Friday's the day, or if you haven't had the chance to weigh in on a subject that we've discussed this week, Friday is the day. Today, it's our opportunity to be live and local and make sure that we hear what's on your mind on Fridays, 209-551-3483, our number 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. A quick note uh, for those of you who have been following the Uvalde, uh, Texas shooting, and the the great tragedy there. If uh, any of you are interested in helping the folks out there, I'll mention again that the Stanislaus Community Foundation says that their colleagues at the San Antonio Area Foundation have two funds. One provides direct financial assistance to families who lost their children and to those at the school directly affected by the tragedy. And then there's a second fund that provides emergency relief to, no, to local nonprofits, and that uh, supports long-term assistance, including mental health services. So uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I have no association with them. I'm just letting you know as a public service, if you're interested, uh, the Stanislaus Community Foundation has my respect. I know the folks there. And if they say the San Antonio Area Foundation is legit, I uh, I believe that. So if you want to help out financially, if you want to uh, email me, Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. I'll provide you the website for the San Antonio San Antonio Area Foundation. Again, my email, Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. Just let me know you'd like the link, and I'll be happy to get that to you after the radio show today. We also noted uh, a little drama going up in Sacramento today. Apparently, the 
uh, Democratic caucus up there in Sacramento is uh, replacing uh, the current Speaker of the State Assembly. Interesting. Speaker Anthony Rendon apparently is being eased out. His replacement is going to be Assemblymember Robert Rivas, Democrat out of Salinas, and uh, he's supported by leadership at the Latino API LGBTQ Women's Jewish and Progressive Caucuses and such. Anyway, he's uh, he's set to uh, to take over. So um, he's making the announcement that he secured enough votes from the caucus to become the next speaker of the California State Assembly. He sent out this press release uh, today. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens there. It has not happened yet, but he's saying he has the votes, and he's already met with uh, Speaker Rendon, and they're already working out the uh, transition. So very uh, very interesting. Uh, development uh, there. So, talking about Sacramento, think about what, if you were a legislator in Sacramento, by by the way, this whole thing with uh, Reardon and being replaced by Rivas, what do you think that's about? And I know we're shooting in the dark here. We really don't know. They're not saying yet. What do you think that's about? Is it Moderate Democrats versus the progressive Democrats. Do you have any insights into that? Be interested to hear your opinions on that too. 209-551-3483. That's um, my suspicions, but we don't know. Anyway, if you were a legislator, a legislator in uh, in Sacramento, like uh, Assembly Member Rivas and uh, uh, the good folks up there, including the uh, current uh, speaker, Anthony Rendon, what what would be most on you? What would you be most concerned about that right now? What would you want to see? What kind of bills would you want to see passed right now? Right now, looking at the top issues in California, what would you want to tackle? What would you want to let the public know you are working on right now to make California a better place, especially with the uh, <laughs> with the June 7 election coming up and, of course, the, uh, the midterms coming up on November 8. Uh, but as we're looking at the primaries coming up uh, in June, on June 7, not too far away, and then the... Uh, and then November 8, what, being this close to both, what would you want Californians to know what you're working on? Well, let me tell you what apparently has been a priority of this past week, yesterday anyway. Yeah, the State Assembly on Thursday passed a bill that would ban declawing of cats except for medically necessary purposes. Hmm. The bill specifically, <laughs> I'm, and look, I understand. I, our, my, our cat here is not declawed. And, and I have the scars to prove that. But the, there are people who declaw their, their cats. And apparently this is a a major priority right now for the California State Assembly. And uh, the bill bans declawing for a cosmetic or aesthetic purpose to make 
the cat more convenient to keep or handle. However, the California Veterinary Medical Association says that ignores situations where cat owners are taking blood thinners. And those of you who have relatives who are taking blood thinners, you know you get a scratch. It's, uh, it, it's not good news. If they're taking blood thinners, receiving immunosuppression drugs, or other persons whose health would be endangered by a severe scratch, it ignores those conditions. So there we go. So that that's what uh, apparently this week what's a priority up in uh, in Sacramento. It, uh, I just it, there was a who was it? One of the candidates that, that and I'm I'm trying to think back to the uh, political commercials that that we've been hearing of late. And uh, one of them criticizes the other one, someone else because they they haven't written many bills. Actually, I'm that to me that would be a positive. I am not in favor of these hundreds and sometimes thousands of bills being brought into Washington D.C. and Sacramento, California. Uh, would you just leave us alone for a while? Just let us be. I would be happy. I would be happy to have a time when the California legislature wasn't passing bills. I, I would be happy about that. The, it, I don't know how we even keep track of how many bills are being passed up there, and some of them uh, we don't find out until uh, later what's going on. And boy, this is a priority in my mind. Yep, decline cats can't have that happen, and I'm not to all the cats out there who have who are suffering from being declawed, I'm, I'm not making fun of you or your owners. I'm just saying in the grand picture of things, when we have rampant homelessness, when we have violence in the streets, when we have uh, places that people used to go to and recreate that they can't anymore because they have to step around the hypodermic needles and the human feces, et cetera, et cetera. When we have a drought condition, which the state is doing nothing about, has done nothing about for decades, we're worried about declawing cats. Good night. What is going on up there? What in the world is going on? And I, I just find it, uh, it's time for a change, isn't it, my friends? And again, that's why I keep saying it is so important that at least in my mind uh, for us to show up and to cast our votes uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the election coming up on, on June 7 and then also uh, in the uh, midterms coming up in uh, November as well. By the way, just a reminder on Wednesdays, and please, please feel free to pass the word around. On Wednesdays, that's the day that we're setting aside here on the Mike Douglas Show to take your calls if you would like to tell us about a candidate and why you're supporting them, and we want to keep that down to a a minute or two at most. If you'd like to call and tell us who you're voting for and why, Wednesday's the day. And if you know candidates that would like to join us, uh, we would love to have them. But again, we're, we want to, uh, we want to uh, you know, condense their 
spiel there to about a minute or two. Wednesdays are the days. So if you know candidates, please let them know. And uh, and we will be happy to uh, give them a place on Wednesdays. Uh, all, all in terms of preparing you to be intelligent voters. Let's go to the phones on... What's on your mind Friday, 209-551-3483. John from Valley Springs. What's on your mind today, my friend? <laughs> yes, Mike, please bear with me. I am I am just a beginner, but uh, I love you especially because <clears throat> I listened to you faithfully since you started with one hour, and when you transferred from hour to two hours, and I wish, uh, just like uh, who was a uh, uh, um, I think it was uh, uh, what was the name? Daddy said that you should have more than two hours. You should have three or five hours, probably most likely. <laughs> I know it would be a burden for you, but um, I, I do um, appreciate very much. You are my best um, show. Um, how would you say, showman? Or, or most likely, I, I when I listen to you, I. I, I like to what you're saying, and since I am from the communist country and I um, fled the communism, came over here to this country, and uh, I was not a believer when I came, but I was here, became a Christian, and um, I studied Bible faithfully. And you are the only pastor, the only I mean man, the showman that in your um, show also has that point of view. Um, your godmans too, so and, and I I have studied a relation for the last month very slowly, and I and some other scriptures that I think are connected to that. And I would like to ask if you would put your priestly garment on your uh, this time for my question. I I would like to hear your what you think about it. Okay, and uh, John, can you uh, rephrase the question for me very quickly? Yes, I would like to ask you a question about, it talks to the Lord Jesus. Uh, one day when he was with his disciples walking by and, and, and they saw the fig tree, and the fig tree had um, a, a very uh, a very green, a lot of leaves, and so they approached that and looked, they were looking for the fruit, but they found no fruit. And so the Lord Jesus cursed the fig tree and he died. And the next day when they walked by, the disciples said, oh, look at Lord, the the tree, the fig tree you cursed, it is dead <laughs> right away. So I was wondering, uh, what do you think that that fig tree represented? I will tell you what I think it represented, because I, there is another fig tree um, in the chapter 24 of Matthew that talks about um, the, when you see the the buds coming out, on a fig tree, you know that the summer is very close and right. coming. And then the continuous song saying that um, that's, this generation will not pass away before the Lord comes back. And so since it is in place in a chapter 24, where it talks about uh, the, the end of the world and, and the Lord's second coming and all that, so I believe that that fig tree represents uh, the nation of Israel because the first fig tree that he uh, cursed died, that fig tree also represents the nation of Israel because he didn't have any fruit. He cursed right. it. Jo- John, I, I'm exactly sorry. What happened to Israel did not. 
I, I hate to yeah, interrupt you. I not. really I really don't want to, but God's time's eternal, mine's not. I have to hit this uh, break here, but uh, hang on. Uh, if you would, I'm going to put you on hold. I'll answer uh, your question to the best of my ability. I've got to run at the moment, though, but I'll be back in three minutes to uh, answer okay. your, your question as best okay. I can, okay. John. Okay. Thanks, my, thanks, my friend. I'll put you on hold, and I'll answer the question. I'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. First of all, uh, John, thank you for your... Uh, thank you for your wonderful comments. You have blessed me today. I thank you that uh, for that very much. John had a couple of questions regarding, uh, and there, there are two main, main parables of the uh, the fig tree uh, in the New Testament. And uh, John, let me just answer this very very quickly uh, in terms of how we uh, how I think we can apply that to our lives. I think the overall point is that in terms of God's children. His people, if they are unproductive, if they are not bearing fruit, then his patience only lasts so long. Uh, There will be a time when it is too late to uh, straighten up and fly right, as the song used to say. And I I think uh, the other theme that is working there, and this applies, I think, a lot to our our culture today, is that he was also giving us uh, lessons about hypocrisy and how that God doesn't tolerate hypocrisy. We can look good on the outside, uh, but if we're decaying on the inside, if we're not real, if, if, we're, not, if we're not walking our talk, uh, then we're hypocrites. And, and that's damaging to the whole culture when we do that. So uh, I think, John, to, to summarize, and I'm, I don't have time to get into um, the symbolism involving Israel and such, but uh, let, let me just say that the basic fundamental lessons to be learned are that, and I, I think this maybe applies to the United States of America as well in terms of our culture, I don't want religion running government, believe me. You ever been to a congregational meeting before? I don't want organized religion or even disorganized religion running the country. Uh, what I what I do want is a nation not that is Christian, but a nation of many Christian believers who can love their neighbors as themselves and be productive. And so I think uh, generally, uh, John, if I could put it this way to sum it up very quickly, the lesson to be learned is we need to think about being productive in terms of loving our neighbors as ourselves, in terms of dealing with others the way that we would like to be dealt with, Uh, those types of uh, tenets, those principles that we've been given uh, biblically. So that, that is my very quick insight of about uh, three minutes answer to your question. It's not a complete answer, but it's the best I can do in the time that we have. Uh, John, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for being a listener and uh, look forward to talking uh, with you in the future as well. Interesting story about a mental patient in Modesto. Saw that in the Modesto B. I want to share that with you. And a little bit later, we'll also be talking Stockton Heat Hockey. All that coming up. In about five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take The Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483, A question uh, that has been uh, emailed in, uh, Scott was wondering uh, if we could talk about uh, raising the age uh, of people who can obtain guns and such. Uh, Scott, let me fit that in in, uh, in a couple of minutes. There's some interesting, there was an article in Scientific American uh, not too long ago that was reprinted from another magazine. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go over why the argument is that we should raise the age group, why I'm not completely sold on that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Right now, though, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Kathleen in Oakdale, what's on your mind this Friday, Kathleen? Well, what's on my mind is that back on April 30th, I got a phone call from Stanislaus Behavioral Health uh, telling me that one of their patients there, a 17-year-old, uh, was using my address. And uh, as his address, and uh, so I had to clear up that uh, his address was not my address. And um, uh, anyway, so it was this Salvador uh, Ramos that was doing that back on April 30th. And uh, the reason why I'm calling now is I finally got the police report in today uh, that he was doing that, and uh, and that Stanislaus Behavioral Health called and said that. But I tried back on April 30th to put that police report in. I tried at the Modesto uh, Police Department. I tried at the um, uh, Stanislaus uh, County Sheriff's Department. And I tried at the Oakdale Police Department. And nobody would let me put that uh, 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 report through and um, that this uh, person. And it was brought to my attention by Stanislaus Behavioral Health that they suspected that he was uh, trying to uh, – be able to uh, qualify for a gun, and so that's why he was. He wanted. They wanted to know if I thought he he should have a gun. I never met him. I never knew him. And uh, what I do know about uh, presuming that how he was using my address and and why what the connection might be, I uh, I said that I would not want that that person with that background and that activity uh, to have a gun. That's just my personal opinion about that character in general. Seventeen uh, year and uh, and then so, well, so that he could go into the military. They 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 tried to you know were trying to win me along in uh, being uh, an advocate for this uh, patient uh, to uh, be able to uh, take prescribed medications and go forward with uh, being a recruit in the military. And um, so they. It was just a crazy call from uh, Stanford okay. Behavioral Health. And okay. I just wanted Can, let, let's ahead. back up. What, what was the man? What, what was the patient's name? It was this Salvador um, Ramos. Same as the it Texas the, shooter. Uh, yes, and in, in Uvalde, Texas. Yes. And I, and I the it, the call ostensibly twisted, came it, from the Stanislaus County Behavioral Center. So were they pretending to yes, be there? Is that, is that what you're saying? He was. He 
was using my address. Uh, there is a connection with the Ramos family. Uh, there's a Ramos family here in Oakdale, and I did uh, know one of the Ramos uh, women uh, that would be about my age, and she does have uh, several children, and then, she, and then her children have cousins, and those cousins have uncles, and those are oh. what's in Texas. Okay. And uh, so somehow this exposure of this, uh, this basically a disacquaintance of this one woman my age um, and her and I exchanged um, events. Uh, she was actually my neighbor at one time, uh, you know, 30 years ago here in Oakdale. And um, so I, uh, very briefly, though, and I hardly knew her at all, but I do did know her. And so anyway, the, somehow that all led to this, the, her, her husband's cousin's children used my address and because uh, they still have connections here in Oakdale, and um, and okay. that uh, uh, family uh, has a bank robber, a Stockton bank robber. Okay, in Kathleen, let me uh, let me let me uh, yeah. round this out because we do want to get some to some other callers. Uh, there's an also a Salvador Ramos that uh, was uh, was killed in in the Riverbank parking lot uh, near Applebee's last night. Is that the same person you're talking about? No. No. Okay. That All right. I, I got it. Because he uh, wasn't 17. See, that, see uh, they were calling okay. me for about a 17-year-old, and I associated that 17-year-old with this other Ramos family that I'm talking about okay. that is in okay. Texas. And, and, and they they verified that that, that that it was and that the purpose that was that he was a military recruit, and uh, so he needed to be eligible for a gun, and they wanted me to help them support him. Got it. Uh, okay. okay, so let, let's. Uh, so I, I think basically to to round this out, Kathleen, and and thank. You know, there, there's good lessons learned here by your call. I thank you for that. Thanks for calling. I think one of the things is we need to be very aware of scams and just uh, have what we call uh, situational awareness to be to be suspicious of these types of things. And uh, I think Kathleen brings that to to our mind. And I. It, Good wisdom to be very careful under those circumstances. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Carol from Oakdale, what's on your mind today? Hey, good afternoon, Mike, and everybody out there. Um, first of all, I just want to say kudos to your listeners, uh, Mike, Tom, a lot of the other folks that call in pretty regularly because it's really stepped up the program, and I do appreciate that they have some great insights on a lot of things that I would have called in and asked the same questions. So thank you to everybody out there. Um, first of all, on the FBI guy that was in today, I think he was totally on point. I feel kind of bad for the guy because if he was a serious FBI person, he did his job properly, then he's got to feel kind of bad about the way the agency has gone and just the dirtiness of the whole deal. But his, his ideas would be is really uh, advocation in the school system over there for audio and visual in the classroom is awesome. And there's a lot of people that's been pushing for that in California, but it's never going to happen because of the wokeness we have here in the California Teachers Association that protects that from happening. We should be able to have that because it would make our students much safer. And um, secondly, on the school shooting, it's kind of looking at it in a different direction, but when you look at some of the, the things that are going on, I understand that information is still coming in, 
there's a lot of sketchy details, but some of the stuff that appears to have come in, and I don't want to jump off a bridge and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to land on this and call it good, is that why was there a door left open in the school? Yes. Why was the security guard not available? Um, and why did it take them 40 or 50 minutes to come in? There's just a lot of questions that are a little bit sketchy as to why it was handled the way it was. And, uh, yeah, I just don't know so much about that. So I know I'm going through my points really quickly, but I don't want to take a lot of time, and I want other people to be able to call in. Um, touching on Pelosi, I think her excommunication was appropriate because she's got some pretty radical views on abortion and anyone who feels that it's okay to take a human life, especially nine months into the procedure. I think that was probably the right call. I'm not Catholic. I'm Christian. I can't make that call. That's for a higher power. But I think that's probably uh, was a good call, especially in light of the fact that she just allowed a liquor store to be opened in our congressional house. So I think that's probably <laughs> not appropriate for having a taxpayer-funded liquor store in the House of Congress. They can go home and have their drinks. Yeah, I'm not sure whether um, that's last- going to hinder or help us, Carol. That particular, <laughs> but anyway, go ahead with your last point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think she's probably starts her cocktails early in the morning anyway, so I don't think it really matters. I think she's got the little uh, flask under the desk, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, lastly, I, I'm very happy that you're going to talk about candidates on Wednesdays. I was actually going to suggest that you brought forward some time in your program to allow people to call in and give information on people that they know because there's just so many candidates on the ballot now and we have to rally behind a couple because of the jungle primaries and we got shut out before because we only had two democrats running so you have no dog in the hunt so you really have to get the people out there who pay attention to what the candidates and what their background is and not how they're running such as dr oz running as a republican and he's clearly not but what their past views are and what they actually stand for and what their vetting record is, which uh, my final point here, and then I'll let everybody else talk, is um, Mr. McClintock, there's a couple reasons why I will not vote for him again, and I will not vote for Mr. Radanovich, is the other day when you had Mr. McClintock on, he got a little bit riled, and I think it was Mike that was asking him some questions, and Mike, Mike was mirroring everything that I wanted to ask. And one of his comments was, if, if they could ban all guns in the world right now, just sign me up. And I went, oh, no, this is not the person that we want in Congress. I mean, he's passed some dog catcher bills, but he's never really done anything. He's not a MTG. He's not a Cruz. He's not a Jordan. He, you never see him getting out there and, and getting the bull by the horns and taking a hold. He just kind of sits back and collects his tension for the last 35 years. And it's like, look, dude, if you're not going to work for me, why should I put you back in office so yeah, he hasn't done anything for us in California, so he is uh, he's very low on the list. So um, final point, sorry, Nathan Magsig uh, actually talked. My friend called me the other day. She's a realtor, and he came and spoke at their deal, and she goes, hey, I got this guy I want to talk about. And I go, I know. He's cool. So he was a big hit with the Realtors Association. She said he was very informed, and his staff was too, the people that hang with him and support him, and they can answer the good, hard questions. And we, we do have the two districts in our county now. So if you don't see Magsig on there, you'll probably see John Doherty, who's also a farmer and businessman uh, here in our area. He's got Doherty Nursery over there in Houston. So if you don't have Magsig on the ballot, you may have uh, Mr. Doherty. 
Well, Carol, you you uh, you you took what's on your mind Friday, and uh, you you handled it well. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we've we've got to go. I'm I'm sorry. I've got to leave. But you've you've done an excellent job of giving us your perspectives. And yes, on Wednesdays, that's the day we're going to dedicate to people calling up, telling us who they're voting for and why, and the candidates to to come on themselves because. We want you to hear from them so that you can make your own decisions. Carol, thanks so much for the call. Got to run. In three minutes, I'll be back with Mark Benetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. That coming up in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. Sonia comes down Broadway with a shot lane and it gets deflected. Puck is loose and Baldwin couldn't get a stick to it. Sonia, nifty maneuver, gets by one, towards the net, tries to get by his defender to Romengo. He scores! Darian Romengo has done it! And the Rush have come back to win it! 5 to 4! Are you kidding me? That is my favorite cut from many years ago from Mark Benetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. Mark, welcome. Great to have you with us today. Thanks again so much, Mike, especially uh, on a night like this. we got a great hockey game coming up in just about uh, an hour to start our pregame coverage and very much looking forward to, to what's in store for tonight. Yeah, Stockton Heat 2-0 and in the best of five tonight. They could uh, clinch the quarterfinals, right? Uh, they would actually clinch the semifinals. So we would win the Pacific Division and then go on to the Western Conference Finals against the winner of the Chicago Wolves and the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, Chicago leads that series 2-1 to one right now, and they play tonight. I think they dropped the puck in just about 10 minutes. So that's a game that we're kind of kind of watch out of the corner of our eye here tonight just to just to see what else is going on on the other side of the Western Conference bracket. And, Mark, you'll be calling the game tonight, I think, uh, pregame at 530. Is that right? Puck drops around 6.05? Yep, absolutely. And that's uh, on our sister station, Fox Sports, AM 1280. Mark Benetti, again, the voice of the Stockton Heat. Mark, what's impressed you uh, so far as you watch the Heat uh, here, here in the uh, playoffs? What, what impresses you most about them? The team consistently finds ways to win, and, they, and they're winning consistently the right way. You know, you look to the Bakersfield series, uh, the Pacific Division semifinals, the, the second round, you know, the Heat had placed out of the first round because they were the division champions, so they didn't have to play a best of three to get to the semis. So you go to round two after a 10-day layoff. Maybe there's rust. Maybe it's rest. Thankfully for the Heat, it ended up being rest. And they just found ways to continually generate offense uh, through five-on-five hockey, through special teams play and then lock it down defensively when they needed to. Every game against Bakersfield was close. Uh, they won game one, three to one, won game two, three to two, and then won game three coming from behind uh, to win six to four and sweep the Condors and, and there are rivalry battles. So uh, that was a great way to see the offense come alive. Now in this series, it's been all goaltending, all defense. The Heat win game one against Colorado five to nothing, but why it's so impressive is Colorado coming into this Pacific Division final series that scored 30 total goals in five games previous, averaging six goals a game, when they've been shut out in back-to-back games. Dustin Wolf in between the pipes, the rookie phenom, and reigning AHL goaltender of the year has been a brick wall. He has been unstoppable. The Heat special teams have been great. Their discipline's been awesome. They haven't been on the penalty kill more than two times in a game. 
So you allow, you allow yourself to utilize your entire depth and your entire bench because you're not in the box every five minutes. And so it's just been a perfect storm of good discipline and defense in this series, but the team consistently finds ways to win in the face of adversity. Mark, one of the, and you talk about the exciting things that are happening. And again, the Stockton Heat can uh, clinch uh, tonight to move on. Uh, one of the downsides, of course, I uh, hear is they're, they're moving to Calgary, right? What a bummer. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, and, and it's unfortunate that that news came out during this playoff run, but we were completely focused on continuing this playoffs for however long they last. And, and focused on, on winning the Calder Cup championship for the city of Stockton. So that's the big focus with that. Um, we're worried about the playoffs now, and we'll worry about the, the move um, when, when that time comes, when the season's over or when it's over and there's Frank Calder's Cup hoisted over everybody's head. You know, it's been interesting as, as we've given away tickets and such. There's been a lot of response to that, a lot of callers calling in. What's your read on, on the passion for hockey here in our area? And obviously in, in Canada, it's red hot. Uh, but what, what's your read on the, the temperature for hockey here in the Central Valley? I, I think it's there. You know, the NHL has, has put uh, a great footprint of hockey in this state. Um, you know, California's got, got three NHL teams. One of them's in the Bay, not too far from the Valley, uh, in the San Jose Sharks. And, and they went on a Stanley Cup run to the final uh, just about six years ago. And, and that really brought a lot of life to, to this group and everything and, and, and to the sport. Prior to the Stockton Heat um, coming here, Stockton had the Thunder. It was an ECHL team, so the league just below the American Hockey League. And, and they – they absolutely captured the passion of the fans in this area. So I know hockey definitely has a soft spot uh, in this location. And, you know, look, just because this team's moving on to Calgary, you never know what the future holds. Hockey's a really funny sport like that. And, and, and who knows, but, but there are certainly passionate fans. I know our fans this year, they had such a tough go. We had restrictions. We had vaccine mandates. We had mass mandates. We had this and that. And it really curtailed our potential attendance this year and trying to rebuild good faith in the community and being a good community partner. And we didn't really get to see a lot of that through just because there were a couple of hurdles in our way. But um, nonetheless, uh, the passion of the fans is there. And, and here's hoping that this run continues to last so that they can, they can keep showing us that passion. Absolutely. And Mark, we appreciate you and Fox Sports AM 1280. Thank you for being the voice of the heat. And again, I so much appreciate the way you call a game. We hear your passion and your excitement as well. And that transfers to us as well. Again, friends, uh, AM 1280, our sister station, Fox Sports, Stockton Heat tonight, uh, pregame at 530. And I'm sure you need to get uh, ready for that, Mark. Pregame at 530. The puck drops at uh, 605. Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. I appreciate that. Not a problem, Mike. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Mark Benetti, again, the voice of uh, the Stockton Heat. Uh, Kevin from Modesto, going to give you, you got about 20 seconds, my friend. Let's give you the last word for today. Yeah, Mike. Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you and 1360 AM for the uh, tickets to the game. The game was just awesome. I really enjoyed it. I brought a friend up, uh, actually my boss I brought with me, and we both really enjoyed the game, and uh, so I wanted to express my appreciation, and I wanted to share the excitement over it. It really is phenomenal, and it's really neat to uh, get into a nice, cool room like that, a nice 
chilly room like that and get away from the heat for a couple of hours? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.